I don't know if it was that or you through you being at B and I. Oh yeah. I Maybe that's what it was, but it's been it at least five or six years. I would th- I would think. Yeah, we done a lot of shit since then, though, so oh, I yeah, can't really dude. remember, dude. No, it's been a lot. I feel like I've been. How long have you been? Yo, you guys been doing that golf tournament? Uh, so we started by doing a clay shoot, um, but you know, if you do a fundraiser clay shoot, it's the same thing as a golf tournament, basically. Right. I mean, uh, but man, probably at least I would say seven years the golf tournament. Okay, because I feel like I've been doing that for. Five, I think, a lot, yeah, a long time for sure. Well, anyways, so you have Dream Hunt Foundation. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about you too, because like you guys, uh, I mean, <laughs> we like what you do. We like to support yeah. you guys, and everybody's like kind of been a part of it, you know, right. around here. So, man, we—it's just something that I really felt like the Lord was putting on my heart. Man, 2011 is when I really kind of was stirred about it. Like, man, I—I I was I'm a passionate hunter, like passionate. Um, to the point where I probably have um, addiction issues or obsession, you yeah. know, with hunting. Yeah. And um, I think that's kind of where God was dealing with me about it. And I just felt like God was saying, hey, I want you to do this for other people. And I didn't know what that meant. And I really put it off for like a year in 2011. And 2012, I really kind of came back around to that. And I was like, okay, what, what, could, what could I be doing for other people? concerning this and um man it was just through a, a series of, of praying about it honestly and that's it that's that's really the whole deal with dream hunt is it's it was ignited by something that god put in my heart it's not really something that i wanted to do because when i do dream hunt uh it takes away from me personally hunting because we're doing it for all these kids you know but uh it's all good, man. Um, I love it, man. It's it's for sure my calling. There's no doubt about it. Um, so we, I knew when when God kind of was doing all this, um, saying, "Hey, I want you to take handicapped, sick kids, kids with no with no dad on their dream hunting and fishing trip." I knew that, like, okay, this is like a nonprofit kind of stuff, but I don't know anything about that. I mean, before that, I was a pastor on staff at churches for like 18 years. And so I'm sitting there going, what am I getting into? Like, I literally have no idea. Yeah. But I'm like, but in my mind, I'm thinking, cool, well, we'll just, you know, we'll take like four or five kids a year hunting and call it good. You know, we'll do do my deed and that kind of deal. But, man, it just, after the first year in 2013, we got, I, I did all the nonprofit work, got that established. For, I knew I needed to do that, to do that first. But once we got that established, it was like when we took those first five kids in 2013, it just exploded. And it was crazy, you know. So um, we've taken um, over 2,000 2, kids in 10 years. We That's just crazy. completed our 10th year. It's wild. What, um, like, so what are the requirements if, like, someone were wanting to, like, sign their kid up for this? How does yeah. that work? What does it look like? So... We take we take a kid one time, and then if the kid kills a deer or whatever, then they're done. Right. So it's their dream, right? Mm-hmm. So the kid has to have not ever harvested the animal that we're going after. Okay. So I've, I do take kids that are like, oh, I've killed a deer, but I've never killed a gator, and I really want to do that. Well, we'll take them on a gator hunt. In fact, Jeff Landry hosts the gator hunt every year down at his camp down in Henderson Swamp, down the middle of nowhere, you know? And... um so 
that uh, they have to meet the requirements of you know are they are they they have a terminal illness or do they have a terminal disability mm-hmm. which is a disability that lasts a lifetime or do they not have anybody that can take them you know they not have a dad in their life you know during COVID oh so it doesn't have to be no well I thought that's crazy because well, I've known I've been part of this I thought it had to be someone who was handicapped or had a disability or whatever well so during COVID we were like okay everything the world's crazy right now right yeah you know everybody's getting sick so i was like how are we gonna take a sick kid so we kind of amended it and was like okay well you know there's a lot of kids out there that have no father in their life you know there's no uncle no father and so we kind of got plugged into um this this organization that um does stuff for families if the dad was in the military or the mother was in the military and died overseas in battle. Mm-hmm. So there's these, there's these orphans that basically out there all over the country that it's called survivor services. Dude, they started referring kids like, Hey, this kid's dad was a sniper and he died and there's four kids. Dang. I know. And I was like, are they healthy? And he was like, yeah. And I'm like, we'll take them, man. You know? So, we did that during COVID because we were like, I, the last thing I want to do is take a sick kid and then them get sicker. You yeah, know what right, I mean? Right, right. So, I mean, we had to, we had to change, you know? Um, so, but we kept right on, man. It's been, it's been awesome. And, um, man, we have a very high success rate. We, we film every hunt, every, uh, kid has a guide, a landowner, it's on film. So, um, we we provide we raise the money to pay for everything, so the family's out, not out anything. So when they come in, we put them up in the hotel, we feed them, we you know outfit them, we provide a weapon, we have a guide, a cameraman, landowner, you know transportation to and from me, everything's covered. So and then once they harvest the animal, you guys do the process and yeah. Form so too. the guide and the cameraman clean the deer, and then we have. Uh, a deer process in place that we, actually several of them that will process the deer and you know package it and all that kind right. of stuff for them if they're a dream hunt kid so right. man it's really turned into like a community effort kind of thing like there are a lot of people involved like there's so many people doing so many things it's hard to give credit to one person for anything with dream hunt because we literally have thousands of volunteers you know, from people just providing land, people just taking the kids, filming the kids, have some people just write checks. You know, hey, love what you do. Here's here's some money. Go make it happen. Um, and they, you know, I think they see so much of what we do. You know, they see the pictures of the kids we're taking and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been crazy, man. Really, it really has been. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, I mean that that has to span. If you think about every single piece of it, there's a lot more than just the people showing up to help with the events, hands on. There's all the planning aspect of it, and then everyone who's involved. You know, it's a lot. And I then mean, these these, um, but you also do. Well, I want to talk about this too. Not only hunting, you do fish. You're doing fishing now. Yeah. Too. So that's how did crazy. that start up? Yeah. <laughs> so I had a, I had a couple of our guides said, "Hey man, you ever thought about taking kids fishing?" I was like, "No," because. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a big You're fisherman. You're not a big fisherman. Yeah. Me, personally. I was like, no, you think kids want to do that? Yeah. Well, we got in contact with Shriners Hospital here in Shreveport and said, hey, if you have some kids in the summertime, we're thinking about maybe taking some on a fishing trip. And they're like, oh, man, that'd be great. Well, probably 2016 or 17, we took 
Shriners Hospital kids fishing. And so I was like, well, that's cool. And so Bass Pro Shop and Bozier hears about it. And actually, they now they do it every year. And we just did it the other day. But they do a rod and reel giveaway. So Bass Pro Shop does a deal like if you bring your rod and reel and you turn it in, then they will knock off 75% off of a brand new rod and reel. Okay. Well, they collect the old rod and reel. As long and, as it's in working condition. Correct. Right, right. And they give it to multiple nonprofits. It was like us, Dream Hunt, the Boy Scouts, and some other one out in uh, Arkansas, somewhere mm-hmm. like that. And um, so they give us these gently used rods and reels. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with them. I mean, we're just sitting there with a kid you right. know, you're, you're, catching brim, yeah. you know. And so that's how we got our gear to begin with. But um, it's kind of crazy. Caddo Parish Schools, about four or five years ago, had a lady from Caddo Parish Schools call me. And she's a special needs APE, which means adaptive PE teacher. Okay. And she says, look, I got these special needs kids. Uh, I don't know if you know it, but a kid, if they're in special needs... um, they don't get the opportunity to participate in like field day because I didn't know that I didn't either. Like they can't do the right. three legged race right. or 40 yard dash right. or whatever they do. Uh, okay. Tug of war, all that kind of stuff. She says, but they do get a special field trip or multiple. And she says, would dream hunt take these kids from my class on a field trip fishing? And got them. I was like, heck yeah, that'd be great. Sure. So about four or five years ago, this is before COVID, um, we took two or three classes from like University Elementary in in Shreveport. And man, they had a blast. You know, we feed them lunch. We give them hat, little dream hunt hats and make it fun for them for two or three three hours. Well, somehow, oh, I know how, but she, (laughs) I guess these teachers have like a, a work meeting where like they all get together and they like talk about things happy they, hour. Yeah. Or, or happy hour. Or something. Yeah. And they go, man, you wouldn't believe, you know, so she told other special needs teacher, dude, listen to me this past year. It's grown so much with just Caddo parish this past year. We took 29 schools God. of special needs kids. It was like 280 special needs kids just in Caddo parish. Right. I mean, it was every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in March, April, and half of May. Mm-hmm. And we took a ton of kids fishing. Well, Bozier Parish hears about it. you know. They're <laughs> like, and so they come out want to do a site visit and check it out, and they're, like, blown away. They're like, man, what is going on? They're like, well, you do this for Bozier? And I was like, yeah. And I said, we just need to know because it's all we can plan it, you know. And I said, well, what are you thinking about? She's like, well, we got 40 Bozier Parish schools with special needs kids. And I'm like, okay. So now we've got it where Caddo Parish is going to one place. Bozier Parish is going to go to another. So it's just, it's so you, growing. So you need more volunteers, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you yes. need more volunteers. Everyone listening, he needs more volunteers. <laughs> yeah, check us out on our website, dreamhunt.tv, and you can go apply online to be a be a volunteer and all that. Um, but it's it's been crazy, man. Well, that's crazy because I remember when you first started. Because we when you first started the the fishing stuff, we would come help with that. Yeah, and to see what it's grown to, that's insane. But you that see was just where this, we that go. That was just the Shriners, like you're talking about. Yeah, out of Wicker's place, right, right, right. Which is it's amazing. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Every time you go, it doesn't matter what time of day you're gonna catch fish. You're gonna catch <laughs> yeah. fish. I mean, yeah. it's like automatic. Yeah. And that's the other cool thing is like they're having a blast. But um, 
I don't know, man. It's just, I guess, going back to when it started, it, I, I guess I thought it could be like this, but I didn't really, I didn't know how that would, how how would that happen? You know what I'm saying? Um, it's really a testament to like anything you do in life. If if you're called to do it or you feel so passionate about it, you just keep grinding and keep doing it. Then it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. especially if it's good. You know, um, so. And so many people love it and are involved and can help. Um, like I said, there's no way one person could pull all that off. There, how how could I guide all these kids by myself and cook all the food and do all you know do all the stuff? Mm-hmm. And there's no way you well, know. And you have a lot of what I like about working with you guys too is you have a lot of different way avenues to fundraise. Yeah, you have. We do like what we have the the huge crawfish. Uh, yeah, crawl cook, derby cook every year. Yeah. Crawl derby. Then you have multiple golf tournaments. Yep. Then you have uh, a huge fundraiser. Yeah. Um, dinner, and then what else? You, what else you have? You have uh, damn noodling competition. I how, know. how did that go this year? Well, that went really for drinks. So I have. I have oh, that, that was just something you have. Yeah, out with. yeah, yeah. I have these redneck friends, and they're like, "Hey, we like to noodle." I'm like, "Cool. I'm not. I'm not putting my hand in a hole." And I don't know I, if I can't see it. I'm not. I'm like, dude, I, I like my fingers and hands too much. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not doing that. So they're like, well, man, you'd be the perfect person to kind of host this thing and put it on and do all this stuff. And I'm like, sure, I'll do it. I mean, whatever. I mean, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Let's do it. So it went good, man. I mean, those guys come out. You know, for a normal dude, like, you would probably be shocked at what how big some of the catfish oh, are insane. in our local lakes and it's rivers. Insane. It's yeah. a little ridiculous. Like, they're pulling you know 50 and 60 pound catfish out and you're throwing out the number 50 and 60 people pounds. don't understand how large no, that is dude. that's large as a human yeah like you're i mean it's a small like a kid like it's yeah it's it's large yeah, they're pulling third graders out of a tank and you're like what that's in some bathtub we were there. buried in we cross lake we were there <laughs> we were there last year and uh there's this dude i was laughing i know you saw him but they had that um i don't know if it's like a small septic or, tank yeah. or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and there's this cap there's this cap that's probably two foot wide maybe and then i look out there and this dude dives into this tank that he has on a trailer that's not no taller than four foot tall and dives into it and then comes out of the sticks his head out of this hole i'm like what the fuck's going <laughs> dude, on dude next level because i've and, seen i've seen noodling but the way they transported it and all that was it was hilarious hey so that same dude he had like an old you know what i'm talking about oh yeah. Yeah. i don't remember who it was it was yeah. david ferry yeah he had like an old field tank and it was sitting on a, that's like what a, it was also tank, a 16 yeah. foot trailer strapped yes. down and they had some kind of air so you have to keep the fish alive for yeah. weighing right dude listen to this this year he shows up he has a chest freezer. Okay. Huge. Fills up the whole bed of his truck. Yeah. And he's got all these batteries hooked to it that are keeping it alive. And I'm like, dude, that can't be safe. Like, <laughs> we're talking about electricity and water. and fi- I mean, something could easily go bad wrong. And he's like, hey, they're alive. And I was like, whatever, man. I don't care. I'm not messing with it. So, uh, but yeah, I think you're, you turn in your three big fish and the winning team was like 156 pounds, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's insane. But, I mean, second place was 141. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about, dang, dude, you know. But, uh, yeah, we uh, you got to, you know, we do a couple golf tournaments. Uh, Dream Hunt does. We do a um, – Everyone loves those, too. Those are oh, ones. man. <laughs> those are they're man. getting bigger and bigger, man. It's just what I learned real quick, man, if you make it fun. Yeah. And – 
you kind of keep the mission of what we're doing in front of people. You just you're going to get the same people, and, mm-hmm. and kind of one cool thing is, uh, and Brandy, our Dream Hunt assistant, came up with this. We have a pretty cool donor database system. So like all those teams that were there this year, the first when we go to start the you know sign up for the she just emails them all, and that's how it sells out. I think every event we've done for the past man almost five or six years has sold out mm-hmm. because people have fun at them. It's a good time. They know what they're raising money for. You know, um, and we just kind of keep it light, you know. So we're there to have a good time and feed them and have have a good time and ride around and play a little golf or whatever. So our next one we got coming up is probably going to be at Honey Break, a clay shoot down at uh, Jonesville. So Really? When's that? Man, they haven't set the date yet, but it's probably going to be the last Saturday in August Okay, is what, gotcha. is what they're looking at. So um, when that's done, you know, we'll – I mean, it would be pretty good. It's, it's a good chapter of guys down there in the Faraday uh, area. Uh, Faraday, Natchez. They call it the Miss Lou chapter because uh, it's Mississippi, Louisiana. But, man, a, a bunch of really good guys down there. So they do a clay shoot at Honey Break. Um, and then we'll have our dinner coming up in September. So, Well, how many people do you have, like, directly? Like, what is your area covers now so, like, with this? Because I know it started out just in – yeah, start like out northwest Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, just Shreveport. But we have an awesome group in Monroe, Faraday, Baton Rouge, Lafayette area, um, down to Macomb, Mississippi, um, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Dallas, and Houston. So there's nine groups in four different states. So I mean, it's um, it's grown, man. I mean, everybody wants to be involved and do it. You know, once you have a key volunteer in one of those places. You can start taking kids and finding places to take them and things like that. So, um, but it's been great, man. We've had a great time doing it. I mean, we just try to keep it fun, you know. So, how much do you think? How much is it? Well, you probably know these numbers off the top of your head, but like, how much does it take per each kid to to take? Like, how much money do you have to raise, like, to take them on, on so, a trip? <clears throat> well, each kid it's different, but for a hunt, it's it's average i would say five to six hundred bucks okay because you think about it when they come in town as soon as they get there we give the parents a gas card okay for travel expense um we give them a, a hotel room key for their hotel for two nights mm-hmm. so in your mind you can start figuring that up pretty quick we give them a shirt or a hoodie and a hat um we provide um meals for the family so right they always say, "Well, how many, you know, how many of the siblings can come?" I'm like, "Man, look, you got a two bed hotel room. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you put eight people in there. You know, if y'all fit comfortably, cool with me. It just or it could be you and your kid, whatever. Right? Um, but we'll feed you guys and and take care of. But we've had, you know, multiple, you know, kid siblings and things like that come. But we feed them all all weekend when they come in, and." Um, but Man, then you have the but then you have the hunt donated by the landowner. Yeah, correct? the landowner. So that's a whole other that you're spending five hundred just on money you've raised, but like that's in a whole other value right there, especially yes. if they're hunting exotics and, or something. And we try to give the landowner, <clears throat> hey man, you know it doesn't really come close to what they've been doing, but hey, here's a couple bags of corn because right. I know you've been feeding these animals for like three months, right? Having them come to like sixty yards from the stand so this kid can shoot a doe or whatever walks out, you mm. know, or whatever you say we can shoot. Um, so we do things like that. We we try to do special gifts for our guides and cameramen because I know, you know, they're taking their time out to take these kids. Um, 
But some of the money we, we some of the money we raise goes toward our gear. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about it: um, guns, cameras, all the things involved with that, the video equipment. Um, every gun has adaptive gear on it, where you know the kid can look through a video camera and it looks through the scope. It's kind of hard to explain, but if you took a kid you can well you saw it when we took the kid in texas this yeah year. yeah um i mean he's got that gun that he can look through that camera and the guide can say right there pull the trigger right there you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so but we have a gear trailer and so when they come up when the guide and cameron come up we just start checking out stuff whatever they need yeah they that's need something. a ground blind you know a, a bipod gun camera whatever they need we're going to hand it to them. Yeah, that's something people need to think about is that this is not just putting a rifle in someone's hand right. and taking them. You have, you know, you know, you have these, some of these children that you're restricted to a wheelchair making just move a lever, you yep. know, if if that, you know, so we having have, all that, that adaptive technology is a lot more higher expense, you know, sure. to provide than just, you know, grabbing a rifle with a scope on it. Yeah, it's not like, hey, buddy, here's a 308. Right, hope exactly. You, hope it works out for you. We'll yeah. see you in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that at all. So, um, but yeah, it's, it varies. It's hard to put an exact number on it because there's so many different um, moving parts involved mm-hmm. in what it takes to pull all this off. But um, it's been good, man. I mean, we we raised money. We're right now. We got donated uh, ten acres of land in Stonewall, Louisiana, about three years ago. So right now we're going through the process of we've built our corporate offices for all those places to have one meeting space and a warehouse and office space and things like that. We built a fishing pier and, um, you know, got a pond on it. And so it's, it's crazy how all this has kind of come about because it's, it's wild, man. So we're able to do that. We've probably, I mean, I hope, hopefully at this point, about two months out being completed on that whole project and get in there. Hopefully by the end of the summer, we can get in our office space. So that'd be great. But, um, it's, it takes a lot, you know, it really yeah. does. I mean, Way more than I thought when we first got into it, because when kids apply and they're like, well, you know, he's, the kid's got, you know, a rare form of muscular dystrophy and he can't move. And so we bought these devices called a sip and puff. And it's like this machine and it's controlled by a joystick and it's got this straw that comes to the kid's mouth. Uh So either he sips or he puffs to pull the trigger to the gun. I mean, it's crazy. The, The equipment we have that we can literally take any kid and make it happen. If they if they have the desire to want to kill a deer, we can do it. And that's something too that like I mean, you don't think about it, especially people like like you and I who or I mean you do now, but I mean, you know, your regular your average, you know, fella who takes his kids yeah, hunting, right. you know, like you don't think about like having some, you know, a child who's you know unhealthy or not able to like they have to be restricted to a wheelchair you right. know getting that wheelchair into a deer stand yeah. into a ground blind you can't put them up in the tree you know like no. getting that into some type of ground blind and you know all everything all the work like that goes into getting them out there and just just to be inclusive because they want to do something too they're just not able to you know and there's got to be i mean i don't know i'm sure there's some other organizations similar to yours across the you know there are, but yeah. i just you don't you don't hear about that you have all these you know children that just can't do they, they just don't have the opportunity you well, know what i mean the they can I, do it they just don't have the opportunity the thing i hear about some of the other organizations that do what we do they're not taking the volume of kids right. we're taking like i don't i'm the kind of guy i don't want to turn anyone away well what ever. about well so what about special needs adults have so you all done is, that 
Or we, are you no, looking we, to we do only that? We take kids okay. eight to eighteen because okay. that's kind of what God put in my gotcha, heart. Like gotcha. I was like, that's All your right, mission. That's so, our okay. mission. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but I have a group that does a kind of a, a, a adult veteran kind of deal, okay. like wounded warrior kind of deal, and they do a hunt over in the Monroe area every year. And so when I get those references throughout the year, I refer to them to that group. Like, hey, we who don't are they? Do that. that way, people know if they need to. Huh? Who, who are, are those people? I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, it's Jeff Peters with TP Outdoors. Okay, gotcha. He has a TV show, a gotcha. hunting show and all that. And they take adults over to a place in uh, Mangum, Louisiana, at a high fence over there. And they have a big hunt. Feed them. Very similar to what we do. Gotcha. But it's really more adults gotcha. kind of deal. Gotcha. Um, so I know they do it. Wheeling Sportsmen do it. But uh, like I said, we take kids who have never gone before. So when you, if you take a kid, here's a kid, man, he don't know anything about shooting a gun. Exactly. You're about to teach him that. And once that kid fulfills that, their dream is complete with us. Right. You know? So we don't take the same kids every year. Um, and that was the other thing I really felt strongly about. I was like, man, it's it's not much of a dream if you get to do it every year. You know what I'm saying? So, But you know what's pretty cool, though, man? We when we take these kids, we have a lot of the parents just because of the kids' issues or their limitations. The parents are like, "Oh, he can't do that," and I'm just like, "I, I think he probably can," you know. And so a lot of times, we're able to kind of, for lack of better words, prove to the parents like, "Hey, well, that gives them some yeah, uh, that dude. gives them a little bit more motivation too." Yes. Because like once you see, you have to think about something. I can only imagine having children, you know, having a, a child that. that you had restrictive capabilities anyways. Right. And then constantly, you know, having to, you know, make these life changing, you know, right. alterations so that you could, you know, or spending all your money right. on getting them well. Right. You know, and and being like, oh, we can't do that. Let them be inclusive, you know? Yeah. Or we don't have the money to do something like that. Exactly. And then them being able to come out there and experience well, not only that, but experience that with their children. Right. You know, and see that happen right. and then not have to pay for it. You know what I mean? Well, and, you know, I had one parent say it best about three years ago. They said, you know what the best thing about this is? And I was like, no, what, in your opinion, what do you think it is? And they're like, well, my kid for one day is on a, a level playing field with every other kid his age. Mm-hmm. You know, he sits in at school and he hears about all these other kids going on youth hunts and all these other things, and he's never been able to do it because we, we didn't have the means to do it or the equipment or whatever it takes. So, and I thought, dang, you're right, man. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you level the playing field. When they come with us, you know, it's like, hey, they, we can make it happen. You know, we can, we're going to figure it out. And let me say this, man. <laughs> The nicest way I can say this for your podcast. Oh. Where where we take these kids are um, a target-rich environment. So they're going to pretty yeah. much have an opportunity. We're not taking them like mine and your <laughs> dearly. Our dearly <laughs> oh, bro, if I took them down there to Reedheimer, Louisiana, I'm like, man. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, we may or may not see a squirrel, dude. I yeah. don't know what. But the places, I'll say this, we're blessed at this point because the places we take these kids, it's like, yeah. About 12 minutes from now, you know, old, old Nanny Doe's about to walk out and you're about to put the smack down on one. You know? uh-huh. I mean, we feel pretty good about it. Um, so that's the other thing is, like, taking them to a place they're going to they're gonna feel successful. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I accomplished it. I, you know, and it kind of builds them up, man. And they're like, dang, I did it. You know, I did it. Yeah, so, yeah. Y'all, y'all definitely have some uh, 
some some nice spots to go. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And that, it wasn't like that to begin with at all. So that we started very humble beginnings, trying to figure it out and be like, God, I'm not asking for me. Please let a deer walk out because well, I don't know. So you know, you did. Um, so you were a pastor for yeah. for how long? Shoot, I was on staff at churches for like 18 years. How'd man. you get into that? Man, once again, um, in 1997, when I was 19 years old, man, um, I just had a, a radical moment with the Lord. Man, I was I did not live for God at all. And, um, man, I just, I felt like, hey, man, I got to have God. I got to have Jesus. You know what I mean? Uh, I had a great moment, and it just changed my life, you know. And so um, from that time, I just felt man, I want to make the difference in other kids' lives, mm-hmm. you know. I grew up with a, in a single mom, you know, kind of deal, uh, broken family. Right. And so I thought, man, I want to have, I want to have an impact on, on teenagers coming up through middle school, high school. So, um, you know, felt God, I really felt God was calling me to ministry at that point. And so student ministry specifically. And so, you know, from 97 to 2000, around – 99 2000 i was in college in lsu shreveport and worked as an intern at summer grove baptist and man had an awesome time you know um left that and went to coach at parkview baptist down in baton rouge so i was a high school football coach and taught bible for a year down there okay and um that was a that was an awesome experience got to coach with hall of fame coach kenny giot who's passed away a couple years ago but man what an impact he had on my life um, from then I went to seminary from 01 to like 03 in Fort Worth. And so, man, when I was there, got a, another awesome opportunity to travel the country and speak as like a youth evangelist all over the country. Like every weekend I was in an airport flying out somewhere. Okay. Um, or doing disciple nows and youth retreats and camps and things like that. And that's actually how I uh, met my wife was at Panama City Beach doing youth camps I think we were there for like, man, 15, 14 or 15 weeks from like May. Man, it was a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. It, was a long, it was all <laughs> summer, dude. And so uh, we met in 02 there, uh, got married in 03 and did it again in 03. Um, we were on the road. Man, we went to 16 different states our first two, three months being married. I was all over, we were all over the place. And then went on staff at Calvary in Shreveport in 03 when I got back. So, been in the area ever since then but um i think that's really why i had you know when i, ha- I had such a, a passion obsession for hunting all mm-hmm. those years right but i think that's really why at the end of it god was like hey i want you to do this for other kids mm-hmm. i want you to let them experience this you've always had a passion for kids and them knowing me coming through this but won't you won't you do it through the outdoors you know and i thought well, how's that going to work? You know, and then all this comes yeah. out. So yeah. kind of a crazy story, man. You never know what, you never know what God's got going on for you, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. That's my testimony. You know, yeah, you I, have a passion for cooking, things like that. Yeah. That's probably your real passion, but you don't know what that's going to lead to. Yeah. I mean, I, I You're like sitting there going, well, I got a trailer and we go to Minden and cook and yeah. we go here and there and yeah. go to golf tournaments. But who knows what's coming up in the next 10 yeah, years man. i don't know i just know that i i enjoy for me i enjoy talking shit doing like what we're doing yeah, right now dude, and i, I like know. cooking that's what I, two things i, I like to do you know what too, I mean? you know, you know it's like it's uh but yeah i mean who knows what it turns into but i feel like if you 
you have some, like so you have you have a mission. I mean, that's why you yeah. you, you founded something that that ha- that is literally a, a not five hundred one c three nonprofit right that has a mission statement that you uphold to, and that is that's what you like live by, and I think that's important. You know. Well, another thing is like I'll, we'll take a kid right who's never mm-hmm. been you know, and at the end of the hunt they kill a deer or whatever, and before they leave, like the kid we took in Texas did this, and it was kind of crazy. Every time they say that, you know, not every time, but a lot of times kids are like, oh, man, this is great. I want to come back next year. And I'll tell them, like, hey, look, this is the deal. You can't come back because if I bring you back. To bring everybody back. Well, I got <laughs> you're taking the spot of the next kid right. that wants to go. Right. You know, what? every every time I have that conversation with a kid, they go, let the other kid come. Let that kid come because this was awesome. And yeah. I don't want him to miss getting to do this. This was great. You know what I mean? And so that kind of reiterates to me, like, okay, I know we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're doing the mission that we feel like God's called us to do. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's it's kind of crazy, man. But, yeah, we were on staff at church. And I was on staff at Simple Church. And, man, it was incredible. And I'll tell you this. Apart from Justin Hagler, he came in a, he came in a staff meeting one day and he goes, hey, if this isn't your dream, you don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. And I thought... This really isn't my dream. This isn't my dream job. Mm-hmm. And I really began to pray about that. Like, well, what is my dream job? You know, like, well, my dream job would be to go hunting every day, <laughs> <laughs> hunting or fishing. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there going, God did that. If yeah. your dream job would be like, man, I'd love to just cook for people every day. Yeah. Or whatever it is, or, you know, produce podcasts or whatever, yeah. whatever your dream job is. Man, God put that dream in your heart. He put that there. That was God-given. So you just got to figure out, what does that mean? How does that work out? How can I do this for other people and it still work for everybody? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm not saying I figured all that out, but kind of just kind of, I'll just kept, every time a door opened, we'll just walk through it. Yeah. And if I'll, until it closed. Okay, we're not, not supposed to go there. That door over there is open. Let's go through that door, you know? And just found our way you know um so i we definitely don't have it all figured out and still trying to figure out what we're doing um so it's been it's been going great though man we're very blessed um to be able to take these kids and i'll tell you man you know these families sure we're a blessing to the families but i'll say this everybody that takes a kid you realize real quick how blessed we really are you know what i mean there's a whole set of issues we don't even have to think about or deal with every day. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That these families go through. We're trying to figure out how to make it maybe financially or just stress in our life. They're trying to figure out how to keep their child alive. Or, man, are we going to be able to buy the medicine this month to take care of the kid? You yeah, know? that's something you I mean, it's kind of crazy, man. Yeah, that's, I think that's more important. Like, I think it's more important to eat. I need to, we need to talk with, about that and that, that you mentioned that is that People need to understand, like, when I say these type of children you're taking hunting or fishing, whatever, especially hunting, these are a lot of these children may not make it out of their teenage years. No. Which is insane to think about, right? Right. I mean, you know, this there's a terrible form of muscular dystrophy, and, you know, it it, it takes the child. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a muscle deal, and eventually... Um, it weakens the it weakens all the muscles in your body, and the last muscle to go is your heart. You right. know, and we've taken multiple of those kids, and you know, 
who knows how long you have to live. Only God knows. But at some point, if the disease progresses, that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you try to make the most quality experiences for these kids as long as they're here. You know, and so. Um, but we've. Ta- I'll tell you this: I've gotten to know medical terms pretty dang good over the last <laughs> ten years because it's like the parent will tell me like, "Oh, well, he has this," and I'm like, "What?" And I'll get on my phone like googling and it's like good night yeah we need to go we need to do that we need to make that happen let's figure that out you know when can he get here you know where can we go where's what's the closest place they can fly into and i'll meet y'all there and get all the stuff you take them in from everywhere all of the united states all over man we've had kids from new mexico or utah illinois florida pennsylvania and we'll fly them in for different things and take them to like awesome spots Man, one time I got a call about this kid. Uh, he was in the Lafayette area, mm-hmm. and they called and said, "Listen, um, the doctors said he's got about four weeks." Whew. And I was like, "Okay." And this was like right after New Year's. I was like, well, well, "But," and they said, "But listen, I'll, I'll know. I know when it was because it, Drew Brees, the Saints were in the playoffs, okay, okay? and they were playing on. A, they were playing the Eagles on a Sunday." And this was like on a Thursday morning, for real. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, so Drew Brees is doing a Drew Brees experience for this kid in the Dome. They're playing the Eagles, first round of the playoffs. Can you get him to Shreveport and take him on a dream hunt and get him on a plane back by Saturday or Friday night? And I'm like, dude, it's Thursday morning, man. And they're like, I know. Yeah. Like, we just found out yesterday, like, he's got three and a half, four. Like, it's soon. And I'm like, okay. Well, dude, I went in scramble mode. I called uh, downtown Shreveport aviation guys down there, uh, Trubado, Trubo, whatever it's called. Yeah. I was like, listen, here's the deal. And they're like, all right, hold on. We're going to figure this out. And they're like, if we get him here Friday, if we get a, a plane from Lafayette to bring him, we can get him back. But he's got to go back Friday night. And I'm like, bro, you're telling me I got one shot to get this kid a deer. And they're like, yeah, you got one shot, one afternoon. And I'm like, I'm stressed. Yeah. Dude. I'm like, holy crap, bro. So I get on the phone, call this guy in, in uh, Spring Ridge, Louisiana. He's got a high fence. Okay. Explain the whole deal. Jack Wynn. Explain the whole deal. I was like, Mr. Jack and Kurt Gorley. Kurt Gorley and Jack, I was like, here's the deal. And they're like, all right, we're all in. I was like, do you have deer coming to that feeder? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, they're coming around, you know, kind of deal. And I'm like, okay. So I take, uh, I, t- I tell Kurt, I was like, listen, this dude's flying in. He'll be here at 9 a.m. He's like, okay. Well, the kid comes in and a cold front happens, like mm. cold, like 35 mm-hmm. cold. Dude gets off the airplane. All good looking kid, like 6'2, 180 pounds. I'm he's getting off the airplane. I'm thinking, my first thought was, dang, he don't, he's got three and a half, three or four weeks to live. Yeah, no way. Well, the more you talk to him, you realize like they gave him some medicine, kind of getting pumped up for the day. Uh Okay, so the pilot dropped him off. We met him at the airport, picked him up. He's he was in he was in like sweatpants and a t shirt. I'm like, bro, we gotta go get you some clothes. We go to Academy, buy all the gear. He's got all this hunting clothes on, and um, 
we take him to Silver Star Grill. And so we're sitting there, and uh, I said, man, what do you want? And he's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just get like a little sandwich or something. I'm like, no, bro, it's your dream hunt. You can get whatever you want. I don't <laughs> care. You know, he's like, you for real? I was like, yeah. He goes, I want two ribeyes. <laughs> I'm like, that one too. <laughs> yeah, he wanted two, bro. I mean, he's a good-looking athletic kid, you yeah. know? And I was like, all right, let's go. And, uh, dude, he – he crushed them, and he's eating them. Second ribeye, he goes, man, this is, this is better than I ever dreamed. I was like, what you mean? You never had a Silver Star ribeye? He's like, no, I've never had a steak. What? Yes. That is the God's honest truth. Man. I said, you've never had a steak in your life, and you're like 17 years old? He's like, never. Always dreamed of having a steak. I was like, and I looked at Kurt, and he started tearing up. He's like, or you're eating two today, buddy. You know, that kind of deal. Listen, dude. So we take this kid to a high fence. This is crazy. Crickets, bro. We don't see nothing. Nothing. Damn. I know. And I'm going. Once again, I'm like, God, I'm not asking for me. But this is it. Yeah. I mean, we've got like 10 minutes till dark. And I said, please let a deer walk out so this kid can kill it you know please i said because i can't you know of all i'm praying to myself but i'm just what i'm saying in my mind yeah i'm like you know the situation you put us in this spot Mm -hmm. i look like a goober wearing a high fence deer everywhere but they're not right here you know the feeder we we had a remote control that feeder and i'm at (laughs) spraying the hell out of corn (laughs) had a remote control like, like nothing's coming hey kurt randomly turns behind me and he goes, oh, my God. He said, look at that. Well, we were on the edge of the high fence. Mm-hmm. There's two does walking down the line of the high fence on the other side, on the free side. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They're not in They're the, not high, in the fence. high fence. Yeah. They're in the, like, they can, the free range side. Right. I'm like, what are they doing? He goes, who cares? Get the gun, you know? So he gets the gun. We get, get, I mean, we're playing musical chairs now. Everybody's switching around the stand. We're aiming out this side. Now we got to switch out the back. And, um, man, he, dude, they stopped. There's a corn feeder there and they stopped. I was like, killer. You know, I'm filming. I'm like, shoot her. Boom. He shoots, drop toenails her, drops her. I was like, this is crazy. Well, we got the stand. He's real weak. Like the medicine is worn got off. Got you, got you. Man, he didn't even have time to go with us to clean the deer because the flight's coming in. He's got to go back. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, we take him, get the deer, go hang it up. I was like, we got to take him to the airport. Took him to the airport. He went, did the Drew Brees deal. Man, two weeks later, he was gone. Gosh. Two weeks later. What did man, he have? He had bone cancer. Oof. Yep. Very, very progressive. Uh, like fast like he didn't really discover it till he was uh, a junior in high school and um i said man how'd you i'm trying to remember his name i said how'd you know you had that and he's like man i just had these bruises all over my my legs and i thought it was from when i was playing softball and they wouldn't go away and they would i would get more bruises i'm like i didn't hit nothing you know and this kid was a football player baseball Mm -hmm. player and um Man, we had to help him on the plane. Mm. That's how weak he was. I had already going, worn off, yeah. Going back. So, um, 
you know, got the deer processed and got it to his family and all that. Went to the funeral down in Lafayette. And it was just like, it was eye-opening. It was like, dang, man. I mean, you know, we're really all just a moment away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever you want to do with your life, you better do it. Yeah. You know, don't don't put it off. You know, and so when you're dealing with kids like that and situations like that, you know, it, it really tightens everything up and puts it in perspective. But the thing that I think about is how many people had to orchestrate that to make that happen? A lot. Yeah. I mean, just, just, on, your, just, on, your, just on your side. Like yeah. how many? Like I know, how many but the, having the, money in the bank yeah, to go yeah, take yeah. him to Academy or yeah. go getting two ribeyes. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Like buy it. It's $100 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, or taking him out there or putting the corn in the feeder. Who put corn in the other feeder outside the fence and didn't even know he was going to be there? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... We did it though, and I don't know. It's just, um, but it, it's it seems like there's a situation like that all the time, like something crazy that just boom, it happened, and it's like, well, you know. Um, but it was good stuff, man. And that's and and you've done that two thousand times. Yes, two thousand times since you or over two thousand. Over two thousand for sure. Yeah, I mean, in ten years, we're starting our eleventh hunting season this coming year, so. Um, it's wild, man. It really is. It's uh, it's a different deal every time. You know, the kid. We I keep going back to that kid. The kid we took to Texas. When you come over and cook, and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, he had muscular dystrophy, and so, um, you know, we we're the the coolest moment for that kid. You know, he he went hunting that evening, and didn't see anything, but mm-hmm. they were going to come back. So Dalton Gould and all of them went home. They were going to guide him right, and they were coming back. Patrick Dennis and Dalton Gould went home. And so that night, we're sitting around a campfire. And I said I said to him, I was like, hey, man, what, what's your favorite thing so far? You know, thinking he's going to say the food you cooked or, you know, the s'mores were cooking yeah. around the camp, something, whatever. Um, he said this. I said, what? He said, this campfire. I went, okay. He said, I mean, he's from Arkansas, I thought. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I think everybody does what we do. Right, exactly. You know, I said, what do you mean? He's like. I've never sat around a campfire. I'm like, that's, that was his favorite moment. So you don't know what it is. Yeah, and, it, you know? and had he killed a deer that evening, he wouldn't have been able to do that. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy what you take for granted, man. You take all these things for granted. And even to the – of course, we take we think about big things yes. we take for granted. Yeah. We don't take a, think about the little things because until someone points them out to them, you don't really realize it. You know what I mean? And that really tightened me up. I was like, dang. We built a fire about when it's cold, like that, like it was then. You yeah, know, a lot. Yeah, you know, my kids, they go get, you know, lighter pine. That's what they go do. Mm-hmm. Find lighter pine in the woods, and we're gonna build a fire. You know, that's just part of it. Living in the country, um, but yeah, and that's part of it. Like a good, you know, a good weekend of hunting, right? You know, a good weekend yeah. of hunting. Like if you take them hunting and you go to the camp and you drink, you know, <laughs> sit, you you know, eat some good food. Maybe guys have a couple beers. And you have and you have a good fire and yep. everybody's talking BS. And oh yeah, that's part of it, man. The experience of that's cool too. You know, like that's that's probably a lot of times more fun than just shooting the deer. You know? <laughs> it was for him. I yeah. didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, but think about maybe how many times he's watched. A hunting show or something mm-hmm. and saw him sitting around the fire i was like i want to do that go hunting you know yeah. go to the camp you know yeah. and they got to do it yeah. sit around the fire with the guys hung out for a minute so um it's cool man we're blessed i appreciate 
you always being a part of what we're doing. Oh, yeah. You're man, one of the first dudes that texts every year, like, hey, when's the golf tournament? When we come, yeah, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And so, I enjoy it, man. I, I enjoy it. Like, it, everybody and I know has that's their the part volunteer to side. You're seeing all of our volunteers. Right. You know, all those dudes coming through and yeah. having fun. And um, they love that, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but it's good, man. Um, it's It's been awesome. So it really has been. It's been a blessing for sure. So. Well, I enjoy it, man. I, I, I like what you guys are doing. Um, where can anyone find – okay, you're on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. You can find yep. you there. Is it at DreamHuntTV? Is that what it is? DreamHunt.TV. DreamHunt.TV on well, your, your our, website. Our website is What's your Instagram? Dot, at, it, at, all the Instagram and Facebook are just DreamHunt Foundation. Okay, DreamHunt. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. they can check that out. Uh, website is DreamHunt.TV. If they want to volunteer, they can fill out a volunteer application form on our website. We'll get it. It emails us, so we'll get it. And reach out to you and get you lined up. And if someone wants to submit an application for... Yeah, for a kid, that's yes. also on our website. Okay, yep. gotcha. Dreamhunt.tv. Fill out application. We'll, we'll uh, start taking kids on hunts in October. Um, man, interesting thing. Uh, a lady from Caddo Parish Schools, who's a site coordinator, reached out. And we're taking um, three fishing trips coming up uh, back into this month for homeless children. They go to well, like a camp, I okay. know, a two-week camp. I'd never heard of it, man. And so these are kids that don't have a home. They kind of come they're just through the, in a group home or something? I guess they're coming through Providence House. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's multiple situations, but she said, hey, these kids have really never been fishing. I was like, okay. So she said, I have 60 kids. And I said, well, we need to break them up in groups of 20. Mm-hmm. She said, okay, we'll take kindergarten, first grade one day second third and then fourth and fifth so it's like elementary age you know homeless kids in our city i mean as crazy as 80 uh it'll be 60 total 60 60 yeah. 60 homeless kids here yeah got you so that's crazy we got and some all fishing the way days up, coming up yeah but from from kindergarten to, that's crazy man to fifth i know grade, yeah i know that's crazy. so i've already got mr wicker and he said we could bring them out so they're going they're gonna catch some <laughs> Shout you out to is. shout out to that guy too, man. Cause dude, he, that dude. That's a good man. Yeah, he is. He's always on board, and he's got a good facility. I Bro, mean, yeah, awesome. I mean, anytime you know, <laughs> anytime we have a, a need, his resources have always, you know, he's always come through if I ask and say, yeah. "Hey, look, I got this coming up. Do you mind if we come out or whatever?" I mean, he's he's been a hundred percenter. Like yeah. he's he's down. So. Um, he's a really, really good dude. Really good dude. And I appreciate him a ton for what he does. What he allows these kids to experience. Yeah. You know? It's awesome, man. It is. Well, look, man, let's wrap this thing up. Any, you got any plugs, any last thoughts or anything you want to mention? Man, I, not really, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. We've been talking about this for like two years. I know. Years. We've been talking about getting you on. And it's just, it, yeah, it keeps, you, you're busy, man. You're busy, you're well, busy hey, you making these too. dreams happen, good. man. Hey, so. we're going to make it happen, dude. All right, really man. Good. We'll wrap there. All right, dude.